A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. You know, when you have children, the world suddenly becomes a scarier place. Uh, you hear a car crash or you get an alert about a dangerous criminal on the loose and you start to worry about your child's safety. And unfortunately, your imagination can run wild. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And uh, today we're going to hear from a conversation Jim Daly and I had with author and speaker Lee Nienheis. She knows how it is to feel worry about your child's safety and described how she overcame some of those fears. Lee, welcome to Focus on the Family. It's so good to be here with you today. So how do we, as parents, I mean, you were sitting there watching your son sing in church one day when you realized the catch-22 we have as Christian parents. Maybe this is the crux of the issue. You want them to be that superhero. You want them to go out there and right the wrongs of the world at the age-appropriate way. And then you start thinking, wow, that could be dangerous. Oh, yeah. My son, Ryan was in church and, you know, we're all lined up in the pew, four kids. And so all within arm's reach, you know, so that you can keep <laughs> them in line. <laughs> yes. Just seeing so them by the back of the neck in case they're <laughs> right. not behaving bad. We were singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I love that song, first of all, but I was wrestling with fear of what was going on in our political scene, in what was happening in the world around us. And it was an internal wrestle. And I heard him with his little bitty voice singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I was like, yes, Lord. And I knew, I mean, he was just singing with such exuberance. I knew that everybody around us was laughing too, because they could hear him. Mm -hmm. And then he sang, no turning back, no turning back. And I was like, oh, and then it says, the cross before me, the world behind me. And all of a sudden, it took on a totally different meaning. Fear was gripping you. That there was a cross before my son. And I can sing that with boldness on a good day. But my child singing that left me just reeling. Like, Lord, is that really what I want? And here, I've been praying for their whole lives that they would follow Jesus. But in that moment, I just was like, what have I been praying? And what is he going to experience as a Christ Right. Follower? And to fill that out, uh, what were you fearful of? What was your imagination taking you to? Oh, yeah. 
I think that really has depended on what's been going on in the environment around us, in the news around us. Oh, sure. At the time, it was the last election season. And I, I mean, those come around every four years to terrify us all, <laughs> you know, and two years before that leading up to it. But it was also a time of earthquakes and hurricanes. And the world feels like in some ways it's spinning up. Mm-hmm. School shootings are happening on the regular now. And so we're only a month or two away from any fear, but really it has been religious persecution that had been a trigger point for me. Mm. And I recognize that it's becoming harder for us to live as Christ followers, even here in America. And I think that's what I was imagining for my son, Ryan. Yeah. If we wound the clock back uh, when you and your husband, uh, were first married and thinking about kids. So you haven't had the children yet. You prayed they would be heroes for Christ. So let's start there. What defines a hero? Well, actually, I was praying that my kids would come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Mm -hmm. Because I really was beginning to see that having a child wasn't about just having somebody who looked like us. Right but actually raising someone to know and love Jesus, to bring him glory in each generation until he returns. And so that was our prayer. We didn't know to pray anything except, Lord, get them saved. Basically help them come to know Jesus. And then when my son was four years old on the side of a cherry orchard, he said, Mom, I want to go to heaven someday. And I was like, that's great. Do you know how that works? And so I was able to lead him to the Lord. That night when Mike and I got into bed together, that time where we had prayed strategically that our kid would come to know Jesus as Savior, that night I laid in bed and I thought, well, now what are we going to be praying? Like, we've prayed that they would come to know Jesus, and he has, you know? Right. And Now he has to live for him. Now what do yeah. we want? And so that's when, out loud verbally, we started to say, So what do we really want our child to become? And that's when the hero prayer started. So I want kids who will be warriors in Christ's kingdom in this generation, not somebody who merely goes to church and checks the boxes, but someone who really believes that their life is worth giving over to a Lord who died to save them. So, Danny, in our heads, we know we should trust God with our child's well-being and safety, but that is difficult sometimes. So... Uh, offer up some advice for parents who just, they, they've heard what Lee had to say, but they're thinking, I just can't go there. <laughs> well, yeah, it is very hard, John, to to, to picture our kids safe is really the, the, the picture we want to see all the time, that we want 100% safety and a guarantee with that. And so we want to control everything. We want to control uh, the the end result for our children. That's just a natural human thing because we love our kids so much. We die for our own kids. And so we want them to be safe. Yet we also, on the other side, want them to grow and mature. And sometimes, many times, that requires pain and failure, like we've mentioned before, and some hardship where you grow through that. And that's hard for us to see. Yet when we think back in our lives, our biggest growth moments have been moments that have been tough. Mm -hmm. And we look back to those with a sense of confidence gained, maybe more dependence on God because we made it through that and God was with us and we got to hear and listen to God. And so really for, for us parents, we have to step back and, and guide them towards that relationship with Christ 
and to be available as children need that when things are going very in, in a very hard way for your kids. If if it, there's a difficulty with friendships or uh, they were hurt by uh, by a friend or maybe they're starting to date and there was a big breakup, you want to make yourself available. It's that time and that listening where you can't really just go in and and solve it for them, nor can you prevent life from having some difficult yeah, moments. Yeah, I, just speaking as the dad to some adult kids, um, one of my daughters uh, had a bad tire on her car, and I pointed it out in June. Several months later, it finally blew out while she was on the interstate. And it wasn't a worry about her safety, but it was an inconvenience to me. And this same child has been living in a van. She's just said, I want to do that. I want to live on the live on the streets in a van. So she looked at me and said, a lot of people are worried about me. And I said, I'm not. And she said, thank you. She gave me a hug because my love for her allows her to make choices that I might think are unsafe. And I would intervene if I felt it was really dangerous. Mm -hmm. But shoot, she's young. Let her live. I don't care. And I really don't lose sleep over her. Now, she's got a dog and a a reasonable amount of common sense. And so she's not going to put herself in an unsafe circumstance. But we have to let go and ultimately trust God. If you don't do it now, you will have to do it eventually. Mm-hmm. So start now and um, and learn from Danny and what he's shared. And also from Lee Nienheis. Um, you know, she wrote that book, Brave Moms, Brave Kids, A Battle Plan for Raising Heroes. And uh, it really is a terrific resource. We're making that available as our thank you gift today. When you donate to Focus on the Family, uh, please, if you can, make a, a monthly ongoing sustaining pledge. And if you're not in a spot to do that, we totally understand. Uh, a one-time gift of any amount will be deeply appreciated. Either way, uh, help us continue the ministry of Focus on the Family and continue impacting families. And we'll say thanks by sending that book, Brave Moms, Brave Kids, to you. And we do have the book that Danny wrote, The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, Uh, It's research-based advice that you can benefit from, and you can order a copy through our website. Uh, The link for donating and getting uh, Lee's book and Danny's book uh, is all found uh, in the episode notes. More from Lee next time as she offers encouragement to those of us who feel inadequate from time to time in our parenting. Uh, For now, on behalf of Danny and the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.